0: Welcome. Hello. Today is uh, July thirtieth. I am John,
1: and I'm Jack.
0: And uh, this is Set the Table, uh, the podcast where we talk about tabletop role-playing game stuff. Um, we're on episode seventeen here, uh, and so um, we've been doing this for a little while now. And uh, last week we talked about NPCs, which was sort of the one of the not the last, but one of the last uh, sort of core concept ideas that we wanted to talk about Um, and we were talking last night after our 7c session and thought to ourselves well why don't we just do a show where we just chat about stuff because we've got a lot of good stuff to say Um, or at least we think we do and uh, so we thought we'd change up the format of the show for this episode and just share some insight and some wisdom and talk about how 7c went and uh, sort of whatever else is going on in our games at the time well, um, let's
1: let's not let's not throw the whole format away right so what did you play last week
0: well yeah yeah good call um, <laughs> so uh, my groups plan our our main game in 5e uh, lots of information had been revealed and and processed the session prior so they finished processing that information figured out what they wanted to do with it Um Decided to uh, stage a prison break for one of the player's parents. Uh, they had a, a lot of revealing discussion, and uh, both while they were there at the prison and after they freed them. Um, and then they, they all are sitting upstairs in uh, the bar that one of the players uh, basically owns. Um and talking with that player's parents and trying to figure out what exactly they're going to do with all the information that they got. And everyone is all, you know, the their fingertips are still tingling from the prison break and everything that they've done in the past 24 hours, which has been a lot. Um, we, it's been, uh, I think it's been three sessions that have amounted to a day. And we play like three and a half hour sessions. So we, you know, nine nine-ish hours of in-game like out-of-game time in the real world to play through 24 hours in-game um, a little slow but it's been jam-packed um, and the players have really enjoyed it so they're, they're up there processing all of that and from downstairs they hear a, a, a wood splintering clamor and the half-orc guard who watches the door wails out and that's where i cliffhangered them
1: oh nice job yeah
0: <laughs> the worst part is that i don't know that we'll be able to play the main game this weekend um so they may have to wait yet another week <laughs> to, <Aww. laughs> to I, I know to have that be resolved um so yep we are we're we're dang we're dangling from the cliff um do you want to talk about your 5E game before we get sure. into 7C? I
1: was going to say we probably should save the 7C stuff for for the main show, body hey, of the show, Oh yeah,
0: that's going to be in, good. In
1: uh in my 5E games, we we had a new player come in. Uh, I think I talked about this last show, and they're playing a half uh, a juvenile half elf druid. And they're kind of annoying. My their their character is annoying to my character, right? I'm not the, this isn't a player player thing. This is a character character thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and we're in a prison, and we have been tasked to explore the underground of the prison, and we finally found um, we found the Kenku area underground where the Kenku kind of hide away from the guards and and other prisoners. And we finally found the drow area of the underground portion of the prison. And of course, Dolrea Gemcounter is a Nerf Neblin, uh, who was an accountant in a noble drow house. That's kind of her backstory. So she's like, "I'm home, right? <laughs> and these, these be my people. This I'm with my peeps now. Like, you know, hey, you you you, rest the party, like, peace out." Uh, and, and that's actually kind of been a struggle because I'm at this point where this character would look at this and go, uh, this isn't prison anymore. Like I'm away from the, the guards aren't going to boss me around. I'm in the culture that I'm comfortable with, that I understand. Right. Um, and I can make a living. So, you know, the, why do I need to keep trying to play through the story? And there's, there's like a prison break, um, Story that's happening, and and there's intrigues on the surface of the prison, and 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 Del has been involved with them, but but now she kind of sees an out. So, I, I might have to have a conversation with my dungeon master just to see if uh, he wants me to roll a new character or. <laughs> uh, and but anyway, the the juvenile half elf. Of course, it's not a drow half elf. It's one of the other Darth Rear's. Uh, to to use the drow word for it um, <laughs> is is she, she she doesn't understand where she is sometimes and she fixates on going back to her forest so we're in front of a female drow who's wearing relatively nice clothes, and this darth half darth rear is being kind of rude and interrupting people she shouldn't interrupt and and it's like...
0: Oh, dear.
1: I'm... So... So... It, it's like, so... Am I going to... What am I going to do here? What's Delray going to do? Is she going to... Like... You know, her, her first instinct was... I got to huck a dagger at this thing and shut it up. <laughs> um, before it gets us all killed. Uh, and then, of course player in me says we this no, person that's not... just joined our group and this is session 2 for her yeah you know i i am not going to like if it was somebody i was play i've played with for years and years and years if it would be like oh yeah
0: <laughs> oh if it was you uh,
1: you know not uh, it wouldn't be one dagger it would be cloud of daggers <laughs> <laughs> boom Thanks. you know you know yeah. i'll put you out of your misery fast but <laughs> we're, we're, this is it You're like keep your mouth shut uh, so, finally, Delrea kind of got another party member who's also on the G side of the alignment chart um, to, it's like, hey, she needs to go. It's, and, and so, you know, we make excuses and, and get out of here. And, of course, once they're out of earshot, you know, Delrea shrugs and smiles, you know, slaves. <laughs> you can't buy good ones nowadays. Uh, <laughs> and and kind of diffused the situation, but, um, it was, it was, that was a struggle for, for me, the player. Um, and then it was, it was a, you know, I'm sure the DM really didn't want us to split the party, but at that point it's like, if I don't, if I don't split this party and get this kid away from these drow, they are going to kill her. Mm -hmm. And of course, once we finished talking to, um, the, the 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 lady in charge and they show us into the city guess who's walking around in manacles and chains and hobbled right elves <laughs> that's the yep which is culturally appropriate for drow right the darth the, the darth Rear are in their proper place and it's like that you know and the next if she, if if we want to take this character with us to this part of the the prison. She's definitely got to flip into her cat form and stay not a Darth Rer while we're while we're navigating the the space. But it was it was tense and it was challenging, um, but it was fun. It, it was it's one of those. It's it's a it's a puzzle. Um, and I don't know if it's a psychological puzzle or an ethical puzzle or a mixture of those things, cultural puzzle. It's like, how am I going to get out of this without killing um, people Everybody. that I really would prefer not to kill today? Yeah. So no, that's that tricky. was my it, – It was. And, and like I said, I've my, Delria's found her peeps. She's, she's kind of um, – which – and then we get back to the surface cause we have to go back to the surface to get the party back together. And then the, uh, some of the drow had a private moment with, with my centaur buddy and he failed his intelligence check, uh, and told me, Re- told Dalrea more than he was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dalrea has some insider information about, about what the drow are after. Um, and she's gonna help. She's she's not supposed to know what the centaur has been asked to do, uh, but she's gonna help him do it, kind of from the shadows.
0: Nice, interesting.
1: Yeah. Yep. And then we we've got uh, we've got a few more taskers that we're we're trying to to lock down. And then Del Rey has got a singing engagement uh, at a party. Uh, when we, when the, the day, when we start back up, it'll be the next day. And, and that evening she's got a party that she's been commissioned to sing at. So cool. That, uh, 20 charisma really helps with the performance checks.
0: Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yep. It'll be weird to not hear about her anymore if you do end up making a, a different character.
1: So I don't, I don't, this, we're, we're kind of winding up to the finale. Um, and I might get an opportunity to run the painter and the pirate for a different group.
0: Ah, okay.
1: Um, and I will totally take that chance to play test, uh, the module that I'm writing the painter and the pirate, which we can talk about next, I suppose.
0: Yeah. When, so I'm just, when you say finale, what do you mean? Like, is that like the end of the DM's planned adventure?
1: Yeah, so so he had he had kind of a story arc. I th- I think he was trying to get us to, um, kind of form as a party and then do some like stand your your standard kind of MMO quests, like go beat up for you know go beat up for, boars, yeah, yeah, or orcs. Like there's there's a bunch of orcs that are causing trouble, right? go beat them up. And, and, uh, there's a, you know, we, we, we can't map out the underdark because underneath the prison, because every time we go down there, we get ambushed by Kenku, um, find out where they are and, you know, we'll pay you for, for every Kenku beak you bring us, we'll give you 10 silver or whatever. Um, and, uh, and, and so we've been kind of doing chores basically for the guards, like, uh, like good, um, like like good uh, prisoners, <laughs> and, and uh, there's a term for that uh, in prison, like a prisoner Informer? helps the guards. In in real prison, they're called um. God, what are they called? I don't
0: I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know I, a lot about prison.
1: Me either. I I, I know it because I it was something funny because there was one in uh, Reno 911 that they were always. Like he was, he was supposed to be in prison, but he was always kind of walking around the sheriff's department doing stuff. Hmm. Um, but anyway, so so I th- I think the DM kind of had this story like they're going to get together, they're going to do some chores, they're going to try and plan an escape, and then there's going to be this escape. And and really, it's been you know session after session of do some chores, do some you know, do a little exploration to see if there's a way out of this. Hey, we bump into somebody like we, we found a speakeasy uh, in the underground and I'm a bard. So uh, instead of investigating the speakeasy and finding out if, there, you know, if there's any way that we can escape, it's like it, it's a cabaret and I'm a cabaret singer. I, I'm i going to go there and sing. And it's like, oh, you're, you're really not going to like look for secret chaps or or do you know noted investigation checks and it's like no no i'm i'm good like i'm gonna sing and i'm gonna get paid and then i'm i'm gonna buy a new dress and so (laughs) and and the rest of the party uh, del rey that's kind of del rey's jam and everybody else is kind of doing the same thing like like um we have a gunslinger and he's really into like Getting materials from our combats uh, and making new guns, and we've got a paladin cool. uh, of a of a nature goddess, and he's really into growing plants. So, like the the escape story, I think has kind of gone off the rail, <laughs> and and um, in in our group, we kind of pass the DM mantle around um, so people don't get burned out and he's kind of coming to the end of his <laughs> amateurs. Hey, I, 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 DM all the time. So I
0: know, I know I'm, and don't but, feel but bad. If you need a break as a DM, you should, I've just,
1: no, and, and, and especially if you have a group where lots of, where people, you, you have lots of people who enjoy DMing, like, sure. It's nice to pass that torch around. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play this year next year. Um uh, I'm gonna DM for six six sessions. That's you know month and a half, right? Mm-hmm. Uh and then somebody else is gonna pick up and, and DM a different game. So um yeah, I think he's coming he's kinda coming to the end. Uh and I'm not sure we really went the way he thought we were gonna go or wanted us to go. So I think that's why he's kinda winding up the Fair enough. The story.
0: That's something so. that we haven't really talked about yet on the show, is like ending ending campaigns and we've got big bad evil guys on here eventually but um it might be worth adding to the list
1: uh, you know and and i think um i think there's like many schools of thought on ending camp like if you're playing a module or an adventure path that's easy like <laughs> hey look it's it's page 16 or it's page you know 40 47 sure. and i'm out of module <laughs> story's over Um, but then there are tables and games and, and players that like play continuously for years. And my
0: my group passed our two year mark in June.
1: Yep. Yep. And, and if it gets to the point where characters die or characters get old, um, they'll roll characters who are descendants of their first set of characters, which is very, very cool. I've never been in a game that lasted that long, but that could be I th- cool. I think that would be excellent where, you know, hey, we've been we've been playing you know, we we hit the 6 year mark and based on in-game play time, like you're 54 years old and I can I can tell you man, when you get to your 50s, <laughs> like your your knees hurt and you're not as fast as you once were and you need a little bit more sleep and <laughs> You know, it's like, hey, let's go. We're going to sail to that island and kick the shit out of some dinosaurs. And you're like, uh, hang on. <laughs> my, my dinosaur kicking days are, are you know, and, and I'm le- here. I am. I'm level like 28. Um, you want to sail over there and kick the dinosaurs? Nah. Uh, let's see. I go to my closet and open up all the loot from all my adventures and go, oh, hey, here's a wish ring. I wish them dinosaurs weren't on that island. <laughs> there you go. Venture over. It's like, oh, okay, great, you know. Nice. Well, well you're level 28. Now you got to fight a demigod. It's like, I'm not fighting gods. Like,
0: the, I'm going to be nice I'm done. to them. I'm done. We're good. We're square.
1: I'm going to die soon. I don't want to be, you know, and and move on kind of thing. So sure. so I, I think that would be that would be a lot of fun.
0: I think I've talked about it a little bit with my group, uh, out of game just in terms of, you know, where I like to run games and I think after level like 13 to 15, especially in 5e, it just starts to get a little bit silly and and not too powerful necessarily, like I can see the fun in that, but as a DM who enjoys narrative and intrigue and challenge, I don't I I don't know that I would have fun DMing a, a high level campaign like that. Um, and my group is level eight right now, so when they get to you know thirteen to fifteen, we'll be thinking about having them you know retire to their various places and and having that live out a peaceful life and rolling new characters to do new adventures.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, look look at the fiction, like look at look at Ari Salvatore's drist drist story arc, right? Um, the the companions of the hall, right? That's Wolfgar. Bree, yep. uh, yeah, yeah, Regis and Bruner, um, Bruner, Battlehammer, um, right. Forgot the dwarf. Whoa, <laughs> I I was saving His Majesty for last.
0: <laughs> okay, okay,
1: <laughs> and uh, they uh, they enter the story as Drist is young, right? And they all kind of adventure together. Like if you visualize the the that whole epic uh, saga as kind of a and D campaign, right? When, you know, the humans die first, they, they, the humans leave the story first. Let's, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, the halfling leaves the story. The dwarf leaves the story. And here's Drist. Who's going to live for another eight, 900 years, right? He picks up a new group of people that he starts to hang out with. So, Um, that's, that's a common trope, even in the, in the canon, like, um, they, they don't just, you know, and, and sure, there there were some epic, awesome adventures, uh, in the latter novels, um, especially searching for Gontelgrim and, and, you know, the, the big bad in Gontelgrim is a, uh, demigod fire elemental, um, which of course level, 1920 characters are going to be interested in that but then it's like okay uh, and i'm sure i don't know bob salvatore but i'm sure that was going through his head it's like okay well what's next like who who's he gonna fight next right like yep he 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 beat up a volcano like he's the chorus <laughs> of DD w- w- where does he go from there
0: yeah um, exactly
1: and it's like well Let's say you know, and 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 I won't spoil this. I mean, the, the books have been out for years, so I'm probably not spoiling anything for anybody. But um, a new group of characters come on board, and it's a different adventure with different adversaries, um, and it just it unfolds very nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so I think that that's a common thing we see see there.
0: All right. Well, I, I threw ending campaigns on the list for a future episode, so we can Perfect. talk about that
1: more another time. And and we ended a story last night. We should talk well, about our kind seven.
0: kind of yeah. So let yes, let's let's talk about seven C here. So we played yesterday. We finished chapter one of the painter and the pirate.
1: Um, no, no, we finished the painter and the pirate. And there's a oh. different. Well, what's th- the that's... name? What's
0: the name for the whole thing?
1: I haven't named it yet. The
0: the Conavera trilogy.
1: I uh, yeah. oh. I don't know. That was literally uh,
0: the first thing that came to my mind. It, Please it, it is a trilogy,
1: <laughs> so so for the listeners, right? I I'm working on a 3 module 7th c adventure path. And I, I know 7th c doesn't have adventure paths. It's it's that's a Paizo thing, but, but it's for like lack that. of a better term, it. right? I'm I'm creating a story arc of three modules, right? One module one is called the Painter and the Pirate, and it feeds into module two, which is called Color the Gray Mountain, um, and it feeds into module three, which has a title, but I can't tell John until he finishes Color the Gray Mountain because he is my playtester. Um, it's probably
0: yeah, I don't know. It's gonna it's some spoiler something.
1: It it will spoil something, um, and I, I don't want to spoil that quite yet. No, don't. So, um, and it, it won't spoil. So if you're looking like like my my fevered crazy dream is that this these will be printed in and in, in a bookstore somewhere. You know, if someone looks at all three of them on the shelf. It won't, right? It, it won't go. Oh, aha, I understand what's going on now. Um, oh,
0: but what if you play the first one and then look at the title of the third one when you are going to buy the second?
1: Uh, I don't. I don't know. I. I. I'm not sure. Sounds about sounds that. like
0: maybe you need to workshop that title.
1: I might have to workshop that title, but I'm certainly not going to workshop it with you, sir. Until,
0: <laughs> D- until Damn. we get into.
1: It, yeah, I know. So um,
0: not yet, at least. But,
1: it, but anyway, the the story arc it starts. It, it involves this Vodaci family, the Conoveras.
0: Um is Italy the, in 7 C
1: c yeah that's the allegory for Italy in in thea which is Europe in 7c um, and the the Giuseppe conavera he's a maestro he's an art artist and he's a teacher he has a school um, the, how do I describe it in that one session it's like think Hogwarts for art kids
0: oh basically yeah
1: basically is is and what it is
0: without the magic and moving bookcases and
1: Sure. I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's, there's no magic in, in the Conevera, uh, school. Uh, it's, it's for artists. So there's painting and sculpting and, um, and that kind of stuff. And there's, it's a Vidachi story. So there are, um, love affairs. There are bitter ex lovers. There are rivals, there are villains, they're f- very close friends. Um, and there's a father, uh, Giuseppe Conovera and his daughter Rosa are estranged. There were harsh words. There's a bunch of other stuff going on. Um, and
0: it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Uh,
1: <laughs> part, part of the story is to try and bring the father and the daughter back together and get them to uh, reconcile, uh, which the party did at the very end. End of last week's session. So a week ago, a day and a week ago, uh, the big cliffhanger for Seventh Sea was, and uh, well, that's right because we only do this show every other week. So the big cliffhanger from Seventh Sea from a week and a day ago was they they were worried about undue magical influences. So the sultry rune witch cast a rune that dispelled magic, um, and they're in this. Sp- uh, pantry, uh, warehouse, like a basement, storage, store, store, basement, uh, for the kids that go into the serve kitchens, uh, for this big, uh, boarding school, and the father and the daughter, they think they've snuck the daughter in, uh, but the villain noticed her. They didn't realize that apparently. Uh, apparently, and there's the big, you know, they're forgiving each other and they're embracing and everyone's crying and it's like, and that's where we're going to end it. And everyone was like, no, no. no." And and it was hilarious as, especially as a DM or a GM. And this is really silence is golden. Sometimes when you're a GM Mm. is the planning you guys started doing last week. Like, Hey, they're together. They're cool. Like, and and one of the villains is getting married, and she says she's moving away. She She's a liar. She's getting married, and then she's going to stay there and cause trouble, right? You thought the other villain was bewitched by his aunt, who was a very powerful Sorte Strega fate witch.
0: To be um, fair, he got bewitched at the end, so...
1: He got... Yes. That was his punishment for being such a crappy villain.
0: Yeah, I uh, guess so. Really bothered so, me that everybody let that happen.
1: I. You weren't in the room. I know. <laughs> you I know. you chose not to be in the room, um, which was strategically, I think, astute. Like, you were like, hey, she's super powerful. They go in. If I'm out here, maybe I can help them if they get in trouble. Kind All, of thing.
0: Also, for you to remember is that she has not seen me
1: since the court. That's right. At so the very beginning.
0: So I'm just some guy who works for the maestro.
1: Some random guy, and she she would would probably not be able to pick you out of a uh, crowd. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, it was very. I thought it's, I thought it was clever. Yeah. I thought it, it 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 took you, but it but again, that you know, that's the it's a balancing act. Do, do I want to be in the room so I can lead because you're kind of the party de facto party leader? I, um, yeah. Or do you want to let them kind of do their thing? But. Uh, but it was, but yeah. So sometimes, as a GM, you just need to be quiet, and and that was last week for me. Right at the end, when it's yep. like, "Yep, we're good, we're done. Uh, big villain's going away. The other guy, he's bewitched. We'll, you know, maybe maybe next session we'll figure out how to help him. You know, he's got that pinched, he's got a pinched up nose, nasally voice that's kind of annoying. Um, maybe we won't help him, and then. Uh, Yesterday hit, and and yesterday was the big action sequence, right? So we talked about 7th Sea in the Deep Dive. It's a cinematic game. Uh, there was lots of drama in our story and a little bit of action, but I wanted to go out. I wanted to finish with a bang. Um, so we did, right? The, uh, the...
0: With... With, uh... tender,
1: the tender moment between father and daughter is interrupted by one of the villains who chucks a dagger at the maestro. He falls to the ground. Um, and the party, right, we start this massive action sequence of fighting brutes and chasing bad guys. Um, and then there's, there's a minor argument between some of the NPCs because um, instead of kind of Getting on the action train and going, uh, somebody uh, decided that they were going to try and render first aid and and do some some healing or move someone with a with a chest wound, uh, and that was that was interesting. I, I I was uh I didn't tell the other players, but Rosa had six successes for her fight against you if you were going to try and move her.
0: Oh man! Now I want to roll my here. Let me. It was. It would have been she had a,
1: six raises.
0: I would have done athletics and resolve.
1: That's what you. Yep. Three and four
0: is seven, and I had the bonus, so roll eight D ten. All right, Google.
1: Oh. Nope. I got three. Get? Oh yeah, she would have kicked
0: this. <laughs> yeah, she would have.
1: <laughs> she would have beat you oh, silly,
0: man. Um, that was a crummy
1: roll. But um. But then, but then you guys got back into the action, um, and and you got to the conclusion. You figured out the you know the the, the final the, the real villain showed himself finally, um, and and we had the the hey okay we're done kind of thing. And um, well, kind and so, of, kind of. So so the uh, the the heroes learn that there's another Conovera family member who's alive. Uh, Previously, it was thought that she was dead, uh, and now they are uh, racing to her rescue because a powerful fate witch has told the party uh, that her life uh, will be in peril soon.
0: Yeah, so um, that was exciting. And by the end of it, we were, I we had like ten minutes left in in the scheduled session time, and we all wanted to start the next portion, and you wanted to to chat about.
1: So how so it this went. is this is a mug, well, we were right?
0: nipping at the we were
1: chomping. It was it was like let's go. It's like okay, I have and 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 part two. Uh, I'm about five thousand words into part two, um, so the The beginning structure is done. The villains are done. Uh, I'm just ne- I'm just working out some of the scenes, the starting and recommended scenes. Sure. Um, so, that's uh, I think painter Painter and Pirate is almost ten thousand words, so I'm about halfway done. Nice. Yeah. But uh, no, and I did want to stop because this is this is the first module I've. So I've done a lot of homebrew. I've done making up my own adventures. I've saved some of them, um, but this is the first one I've sat down and seriously written with the intent of Explorers League drive-through RPG, some some publication, like, public, some form of publication. So I did. I you guys were like, "Let's go! Let's get in the ship and sail!" And it's like, okay, next week I'm down. But tonight, while things are still fresh, I'd like to talk about this story. Like so this story's over. Like if, if this is the first movie of of the three movie sequence, right? This is the Fellowship of the Rings or Curse of the Black Pearl, like the the credits are rolling. How do you feel? Right. Good.
0: It and we had good. a good
1: discussion. Yeah. Yep.
0: Um, I did read through the the PDF of the module as it is available to me currently. And um, it's good. Uh, I do think that I could run an adventure. Um, I would have to look up villainy points and and some of that stuff from the core rulebook. But um, all of the uh, story narrative content is in there. Um, I did catch some more typos, and I, I'm happy to share those with you some other time. Sure, absolutely. Um, but otherwise, uh, it, was, it was my first time playing 7C, and uh, I, I have said it, I think I've said it once on the show already, I said it last night again, and I will say it a third time, uh, the more that I play non-5e systems, and I get to be familiar with them enough to be uh, a little more confident, um, the less I want to play 5e.
1: So, yeah, we, we actually, we that, that's how we got to this format for episode 17 is because we started having this discussion last night at, what, 9 o'clock? Yeah. Um, and, and I said, I don't, I don't, I'm not a 5e hater, right? I, no, I don't, of course di- not. I, I, it, it's Dungeons and & Dragons, and I enjoy playing Dungeons & Dragons. Classic it's it's but but it is i try, i was trying to think of a good analogy um dungeons and dragons for me is kind of that you know hey what do you want for dinner uh i'm i'm not in the mood for anything fancy i'm not in the mood to to do to do any kind of cooking it's, how about it's, it's, macaroni it's, and cheese right sure. i just It's it's it's. I know what it's gonna taste like. It tastes the same every single time I have macaroni and cheese. Um, It's you're not
0: doing you're not doing mac and cheese right. I was gonna say it's like vanilla ice cream. Like nobody's gonna say no to ice cream,
1: but nobody be, says no to ice cream. But it's not, you know, hey, I've It's got. not
0: novel, you know, it's not it could be chocolate ice cream. Like everybody enjoys it and it is good and you can't go wrong. And if you want something different you can put some sprinkles or some Reese's cups on it or something. But yeah. it's not novel, you know, you've had it before, you know what it's gonna be like.
1: And I guess that's macaroni and cheese for me for dinner. Like, I know what that's going to taste like. It's, you know, and if I want to spice it up a little bit, I can cut up some hot dogs and chuck them in there. Um, <laughs> but, but it's not tonight. We're having lobster, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> or nachos.
1: Or nachos. Sp- spicing or it up. Something spicy or sushi or like, and, and so I, I like, I will never turn down a game of DCC. Yeah, never. Like, if someone says, "Hey, we're gonna play DCC," it's like, "Huh? You know, I'm supposed to work today, but let me take my temperature real quick." <laughs> hey, 101. <laughs> I,
0: I don't know, man. That's a lot of. It's that's a. <laughs> that's almost too I, relevant of a topic. I,
1: it's like uh, I, got, I got the, I got the DCC flu. <laughs> um yeah. That's probably a little too, too, too dangerous to say now. Cause you yeah feel like
0: no, that's, uh, that's, 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 um, that's yeah.
1: But I, but poor, I will, poor taste. I will never, yes. Uh, it was poor. It was a very, it was spoken in poor taste on my, my account. Um, but I will always play DCC. Uh, I will always play seven C like those are my favorite dinners that that's, that's my, you know, Oktoberfest, mm. uh, which is one of my favorite kind of dinner uh, experiences to have. Um, you know, if if someone's like, "Hey, we're gonna play Five E," it's like, uh, uh, oh, "Okay, do our, I have time?" Rank. Like, you know what what else is going on? Well, is, you is know, anyone
0: playing DCC right
1: now? <laughs> I, I just I just downloaded you know a new game for PlayStation. Like, uh, I gotta work in the morning. I mean, if if there's nothing going on it's that it's like that line from um oh what was that video on youtube the cartoon series unforgotten realms like hey uh, do you want to play dungeons and dragons with me well the mall's closed my bike's got a flat i can't find my soccer ball all of my other friends are busy so sure i'll play.
0: <laughs> yep
1: and, oh man it's it's not that bad for for 5e um But if it's like, hey, we're going to play 5e, we're going to play Vampire. Oh, I'm down for Vampire. Hey, we're going to play 5e, we're going to play DCC. (laughs) DCC. Um, You know, hey, we're going to play Starfinder. Yeah, I'd I'd probably play Starfinder before I play 5e. Um, But i play, because I want to play the game, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, any role-play game, playing any role-play game, uh, is better than going to work or surfing the web or... (laughs) right
0: most most of the time
1: most of the time right so it's not that i'm anti 5e it's just that i i really enjoy the diversity of the different systems and the different styles of game and the different contents and and like so like lankmar uh dcc Mm. lankmar or savage worlds lankmar uh which are, you know, Fritz Lieber, Lieber is one of my favorite authors. So anytime I can knock around in the mean streets of, of Lankmar, um, you're there, there, right. I'm there. Hey, you want to fight rats? Sure. You know, give me, give me the black potion so I can get down to their size and fight them on their own turf. And that Gosh. way they can't stay away from me. Um, just make sure match. I have a white potion, um, and then I remember where my goo puddle is so I can get back to my regular size.
0: Yeah. That was uh, pretty fun.
1: That was an excellent adventure. Um, and it's crazy cause I just finished like, that's one of those books I read. Um, if I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't go back to sleep, I have, I have book one and book two, the anthology one and anthology two of the Fafford and Gray Mouser. And I just finished the, the rat story. Um, I forget the title of the book because I don't look at the titles. I just start reading the pages over again. Um, uh, but that was—it's was... it's
0: something like a small problem. S- yeah, small that's problem the... in Big Lankmar. Small pro- little problem in the big city.
1: Little problem in the big city. Something like that. Something like that. That's the module. The the story it's based on is even better. Um, but but that's you know, and and then we sci-fi like we played Alien. Yeah, I
0: would totally play Again. That was super fun.
1: And that was it was so thematic. Again, it was is it's another one of these kind of action cinematic style role-play games. Uh the the stress and mental breakdown mechanics are brilliant. Yeah, we talked uh, about
0: it the day after maybe not the day but the week after that we played it when we did the show and the stress mechanic and pushing your luck was like one of my favorite things about that. Yeah. Because in like especially in five E you have so little opportunities to, like barter with the DM so to speak, sure. And, and alien and alien is like you have a mechanic and there's no bartering. If you want to try to do more stuff in a scene, you can. And I yep. I, I really like
1: that. So so that's I mean yeah I th- I think I've I think I've illustrated the fact that I'm not anti five E but this community and the body of work for role-play game the role-play game genre is just massive Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and depending on if you have a friendly local game store uh, or if you're buying your your gaming materials online or if you're buying your gaming materials from like a barnes and noble big box bookstore um, people people don't get exposed to that
0: yeah, I put this in the notes briefly and we don't have a lot of notes for this session, but I, I called it 5E's catch-all problem. Mm-hmm. Um so what I what I mean by that is that any kind of adventure. And I asked this a little bit about 7C because I, you know, it's called 7C. We've talked about it being pirates in Italy, but I asked, you know, could you run an adventure in a like smaller city town in the foothills of mountains where gargoyles are coming to life and attacking people like that's not very seven C is it? And you said you totally could. You totally Um,
1: could. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And so by, by the catch all problem that five E has, like I didn't expect you to be able to do that in seven C. And my first thought was, Oh, well I'll just run that in five E. And I think if people have an idea for a really cool adventure, um, like the the guy from Reddit that I mentioned uh, two weeks ago when we did our deep dive on 7C, um, who, you know, wanted to do a seafaring, uh, nautical, Assassin's creed style adventure. And I was like, why not 7C? And he's like, no, nah, I want to stick to 5E. I think people sure. get an idea and just say, oh, I'll just do it in 5E. Like, I know the system. There it is. It's, it's fine. I'll just do it in 5E. I want to play a pirate seafaring adventure. I'll just do it in 5 i I'll get Ghost of Salt Marsh, and I'll do it in 5e. I want to do uh, Assassin's Creed pirate urban exploration. I want to do Indiana Jones. I want to do, you know, uh, you could even do, uh, what's the one with the spaceship? That, that's not Keep on the Borderlands.
1: That is Expedition to the Barrier, Barrier Peak.
0: Right. I, I want to do yep. something with a little bit of sci-fi. I'll just do it in 5e um and there's all these other great systems that I am I am learning later than I wish I had for very cool stuff to do where well, if it, I oh, No,
1: I I was go ahead finish your thought cuz I I wanted to join Well I was going to say
0: end. if I'm going to do something narrative cuz I I did with my first campaign and it would have been better in a 7c format where it was more narrative than mechanical then i'll play 7c and if i want something that is more classic hey let's get into a dungeon let's crawl through it let's get out i'll go play dcc and i i like i like so much having those options that seem to suit what my goal is as the dm better
1: so so this thought popped into my head um and do you think and and I'm I'm not sure I'm convinced that I believe this or not, but I wonder the time investment in learning the five E mechanics, the crunch, right? Mm-hmm. The I get a on my turn, I get a move action, I get a a regular action, get a bonus action, and then there's some free actions, right? Disengage, attack of opportunity encumbrance, movement, spell slots. Yeah, the mechanics. um, All all the mechanical stuff. Once you've invested all that time in learning that mechanical stuff, I think people, they see how long that takes in 5e, and then they go, oh, I don't want to do that for Alien. Like, I don't want to go through that again.
0: Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that would be a barrier. Uh, when I was talking to one of my friends early on about maybe doing seven C, he was like, yeah, "I don't know if I want to learn another system." Um. So, I definitely think that that is uh, a potential barrier for folks. The problem is that five E is just the most common one, and it isn't even the easiest to
1: learn. So, and and that's what I was thinking that the the yeah. I mean it. It is five E is a crunchy system. Which I I
0: didn't I would not have expected it to be, because it is so much easier than other earlier editions of D and D. But if you compare it to something outside of D and D, like not and outside of D and D likes right. So like not even counting Pathfinder. I mean not even counting DCC, even though that's very different. It's still. it is it's very crunchy uh one of the things with that i think too is that it's not the the crunch that it has is i think i i wanted to say elegant and i don't know if that's the right word but what i what i'm trying to express by that is that once you know that 5e once you know those rules it's a lot easier and it's maybe maybe this is it it's easier for me to know what to do on my turn in 5e because it is mechanical like that, where I'm right. going to move, I'm going to take this action, this bonus action, and that's my turn. Whereas in 7C, it's like, oh, cool, I got three raises. Well, now we have to have this little bit of a discussion about what I can do with that. And I. It took me a while to learn that I didn't need to have that discussion. I just told you what I wanted and then we would and go back to
1: I was gonna I was gonna take you to task and say, You haven't played 7 C enough because you said what can I do instead of this is what I wanna do, do I have enough?
0: Right, right. And I'm I got I I nailed it in the last like session, I think, that I, you know, really started to warm up to it. And we played what? How many sessions was that? Eight, nine? That was nine.
1: Nine sessions.
0: Nine? So, yeah, nine weeks, like, just under three months. Like, that's not bad to be totally familiar with a system where, like, 5e, like, I've I've been DMing this game for two years and I've played a number of other games in between there. So, like, I've got a pretty... I I think that I'm pretty well experienced with 5e. And there are still times where I've got to just double-check myself on mechanics oh, sure. to make sure yeah. that and I I wouldn't have to do that in in 7C cuz I could just say oh well does that make sense for the raises like the like does that feel like it makes sense it's like everything in 7C is just a DC determination from 5E right instead of an AC comparison and a hit point calculation and are you raging? So it's half damage, and you're resistant to lightning. So it's a quarter. Da- it, there's just there is. There's so much more crunch than I thought, and because it is marketed as such a an approachable and easy to learn system, and it is. Don't get me wrong. It's it's relatively easy, but compared yeah, to something else, Gert. it's <laughs> yeah. No, that's right? I. Yeah, no that that is you, worse. Or vampire. Vampire want... is even crunchier. I think.
1: Uh, oh, fifth. So I, I think. Fifth edition Vampire is probably it has a few more rules um, than third than the earlier versions of Vampire, but as far as crunch goes, I think it's kind of on par with D and D. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's just seventh, and it's seventh C and DCC are, are sort of like the two things that I am more likely to play now. I guess. Um, although I, I would. I would totally jump into an alien game, and yep. uh, I would totally play um, Call of Cthulhu, actually.
1: So, the the that's based on Chaosium's basic role play game. So that's Call of Cthulhu. Uh, RuneQuest has the same mechanics. Yep. Um, and I've got the pen, the Paladin's book, the Pendragon uh knights you know medieval knight more historical base rpg oh, sure. I, I haven't read it
0: is is there any magic in that i haven't read it I, okay
1: i got so so the one i remember the so when i ordered it the one that oh. i came, got that's the one that had the ripped binding yep um so i didn't i didn't want to mess around with the torn one yeah. Uh, I set it aside and I waited for uh, the new one to come in, and it's it's at home on the shelf. So is um, um is there
0: any magic in that one?
1: I I don't know. Okay. Um, I will have to. I could look online, but um... I've been
0: I've been watching Merlin on Netflix like a lot of it lately, and mm-hmm. I I'm just that's now see now I would totally play a medieval Arthurian legend style RPG. Like I, I'm in. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I was surprised. So, one of the things I brought home um, that I was surprised never we never got to the table was mouse guard because you're such a fan of Redwall.
0: Yeah. See, I don't know. like so my it's so oh, I'm doing it again. Right. I'm hesitating about learning a new RPG system, and we literally just talked about that. My thought was and, I we could just play mice and mystics.
1: So so yes i I think you could play mice and mystics and and get a similar experience in fact that was the other thing that was rolling through my head is there is not a lot of it doesn't feel very different from a 5e game Mm -hmm. from putting one of the five one of the dungeons and dragons board games on the table like i have the legend of drist right board game um oh yep and you put down tiles, and you have a you have a card with stats, and you roll dice, and you make movements, and you have combat, and you can search for things, and you make different skills skill checks, and it's like uh, I played that with uh, your grandmother, played that with my mom, mm-hmm. and and she would never sit down and play Dungeons and Dragons. It's just not approachable to her, um, but she she loves because she loves the drist books. She loved that board game and it's like the only difference is that instead of any DM narrating I've got a deck of cards that's the dungeon master that's telling us what to do next.
0: Right, like the Pathfinder Adventure Card Game.
1: And and same thing with Pathfinder Adventure Card Game. That's that's a that's a very similar I think Pathfinder Starfinder 5E they have enough crunch in their RPG that when you're playing the board game or the collectible card game, it's you get the same experience. Sure. Right. Um, and I'll even go so far as to say that Call of, if you want to play Call of Cthulhu, right? I love Call of Cthulhu. I can never get anyone to play with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my Call of Cthulhu group moved. Right? They they moved across the country on me. Uh, so. The Arkham Horror Living Card Game scratches that itch because, while I think basic roleplay game, the the crunch of Call of Cthulhu Seventh Edition or RuneQuest, any of the BRPs from Chaosium, yeah. um, it, it's there's less crunch than kind of 5e. Uh, some of the things make a little bit more sense. Um, mm-hmm. But there's still enough that if I if I bring out Arkham Horror: The Living Card Game from Fantasy Flight Games, boom! I'm you know, I'm Agnes the waitress and I I went to this play and I fell asleep halfway through and when I wake up flip this card, hey. The You know, it's a hundred years in the future and you're in a dilapidated version of the theater you fell asleep in and there's a bunch of rotted corpses around you. What do you do? It's like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I'm rolling <laughs> dice, making checks and I've got tokens and, and, and all of those mechanics feel similar to the BRP. Um, but, and, and the other thing we were going to talk about tonight, uh, because it is the very first night of Gen Con online, um, I think I want to circle back to the people don't know what they don't know, right? You don't know you don't know what you, you don't know, and if exactly you, you know you were introduced to role play games through Dungeons and Dragons and Fifth Edition, the starter box, and right, that's you, you know you get myopic, you get this is this is what is available. Yep, you um, get sucked
0: into that culture, and then you don't bother exploring anything else because it is good enough.
1: It's good enough. So, so what I'm going to encourage folks to do Gen Con, right? The best four days in gaming. It's usually in Indianapolis. It's, it's started today. Of course, this is 2020, uh, and COVID-19 they're not doing the, the Gen Con, uh, proper because it is 60,000 people and you can't put 60,000 people in the Indiana convention center, uh, and social distance, you just can't do it. Yep. <laughs> you know. Um, Wait,
0: six? Did you say sixty thousand? I think you meant a hundred thousand.
1: So that's the turnstile on the weekend. That's like the people coming in and out of the the convention. But I think the ticket sales, like the actual badge holders, they sell like oh. sixty thousand badges. Sure, sure.
0: But they um, they've had they had way more people in attendance. So yes, it's it's. I just didn't want to undersell it.
1: No, no, it's it's massive. It is it is the and they call it the best four days in gaming. I've gone. Um, I started going back in twenty twelve.
0: Twenty twelve um, was the first time that I went.
1: Yeah, so. you and I went for a day. Yeah. Um. And and we were like, oh my god, but
0: we have we have to come back.
1: <laughs> you have to come back. We're like we we couldn't see. It's like going to dis Walt Disney World for a day, right? You're gonna see. The Magic Kingdom and some of the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, some of it. You're Magic not
0: going to see all of it.
1: You're not going to see all four parks. You're not going to go to a water park. You're not going to eat it. But so it's massive. It's huge. It's wonderful. Um, and it is well worth it if you can get there physically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That is where you can see these games that we're talking about. Right. And we we have in 17 episodes, we still haven't mentioned every game on my shelf uh and my shelf looks like um a small library uh, yeah it, it actually looks like the medicine cabinet in a pop-up camper compared to the shelves and rows and buildings full of role play game materials at a, at Gen Con
0: oh um, well yeah i mean you're yes you're comparing uh you know a a small room to a convention center
1: right and and the convention center with all of these companies that we've been talking about. Right. And uh, more and more. <laughs> um, so that's, I would encourage anyone who is like, Oh, I know five E, but I don't know what other games are out there. Go get your badge for the online Gen Con. It's free. Just go to GenCon.com, get a badge. Uh, and then on the Gen Con website, once you're signed in, they have this thing called looking glass And it allows you to kind of browse through the exhibit hall uh, without, you know, getting stepped on or getting smacked in the face with somebody's backpack or um, having to wait in long, long lines. And you can look at all these different vendors. Um, You can do the same thing on DriveThruRPG, right? You don't have to go to a Gen Con. I just want to mention that today's day one of Gen Con. Yeah, Uh, no,
0: that's, that's good. Good
1: tips. And uh, but but go to our, you can go to our drive through RPG and just look at the systems, right? Uh, and and there are tons of them out there. And I guess that's my once you know 5e, picking up other mechanics or other mechanisms isn't it, it's not intellectually challenging, no? Uh, oh, so no. If, if you're someone who can go through the player's handbook and you understand. You know, a move action, uh, a standard action, a free action, and a bonus action, and spell slots, and hit points, and hit dice, and, and armor class, and and skill checks. You can easily move into something like a Savage Worlds, and and start doing the. Well, how do they do initiative? Oh, it's with a deck of cards. Really, a deck of cards? That's crazy. It's like no, it actually works out. Want. It's just, <laughs> right. right? you shuffle 50 54 cards you leave both jokers in and you just deal them out and the the gm starts at ace king queen i've got a queen what are you gonna do well what kind of actions do i have well this is savage world so you get one thing right it's one action you can move you can shoot you can slash with your sword you can cast a spell um I'd like to hold my action. Okay, you can. Yep, you can. You what? What's the trigger? I want. I'm gonna shoot if they come out of cover. Held action. Tip your card sideways. Who's got a jack? Right. And you just keep moving down the line. Um, it, it's different, right? You're not rolling initiative and and doing some math with modifiers. You're just playing with cards. Uh, but it's not overly challenging, right? There's. It's the same kind of mechanics. Um, I just finished reading. Modiphius is uh, Conan, um, and they use a 2d20 system, so you roll 2d20s, and in the Modiphius 2d20 system, double ones is the best thing you can roll. It's backwards.
0: Uh, yeah, um, it's a little, little weird. I mean, GURPS is backwards too, right? You're trying to roll right. low.
1: Just roll under. So so as my skill, and, and BRP is a little bit like that too, because you're rolling percentile dice, and if I've got a 85% sailing score, I'm trying to roll below that, so I'm successful. Hmm. Um, if I roll high, then
0: it's... <laughs> I, I do that in 5e sometimes, where whenever I'm trying to decide if I want to do an encounter or not, I'll have all of my players roll a d12, and they they always try to find out like what i'm trying to do like are we supposed to roll high are we supposed to roll oh, i got a one oh no everybody i got a 12 oh no everybody and i i usually change it every time i ask them to make the roll so whenever they think they've got it figured out they they don't and it's this <laughs> it's just a hilarious backwards way to to sort of get around that familiarity with 5e um And I I think I have fun with it, so I don't feel bad about it, but... uh... In
1: in Gamma World, when I was GMing Gamma World many, many, many years ago, I would roll a d12, because that was was one of the die we never rolled. Um, And whatever my number came up with, if I was trying to make a decision like, do they encounter this thing, do they not encounter this thing? If I rolled a 4, I'd have the players roll, and whoever rolled closest to 4... That would be the or who rolled a four that would be the person who would get the encounter
0: oh that's ooh. all right
1: so I'm then it, that. so then, then it's a random like what do i have to roll well today charlie you gotta roll a seven because i rolled a seven <laughs> but you don't tell them that you just think that in your mind right right so no yeah virtual gen con has been i've i've It started at noon. Uh, Twitch TV has three channels running. I don't know what's playing right now. Um, Steve Jackson Games is doing their What's New at Steve Jackson Games um, on Discord Saturday. Uh, I haven't seen the Goodman Games. What's New at Goodman Games broadcast? But uh, I have learned what the next... O A R hardcover is, and I am what's, what's O-A-R? beside myself. So O A R is the original adventures reimagined. Oh. So, so Goodman Games is doing. So that's the Keep on the Borderlands. Yeah. The Isle of Dread, um, the Expedition to the Barrier Peaks, written by Gary Gygax for Origins. I purchased the Lost City uh out when i just two weeks ago and started reading it it's it's amazing Mm -hmm. that's the very first dungeons and dragons module that had a end boss like a big villain who is orchestrating things yep um and the new one is the castle of amber or Le chateau d'amberville um which is one of my favorite um, original modules.
0: Nice. And sorry, are these for 5e or DCC?
1: So they are the original Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, which you can easily run with DCC. Okay. Uh, And they have a complete 5e. uh,
0: No, I'd totally rather run it in DCC.
1: I, I would too, yep totally would rather run those in dcc
0: i'm trying to but, convince my group to to play through portal under the stars which is uh one of the first like it's a level zero dcc that's that's adventure funnel
1: yeah oh, they've got to do a funnel i mean just to try the just to try it you should try I, a funnel. I
0: know i know it's i'm, I'm trying when,
1: when i brought that home and i said we got to do this you i remember your reaction and it was like what? Uh, why would I play a level? Why would I play a turnip farmer? It's like yep. no, no. You're not playing a turnip farmer. You have a turnip farmer. You have a goat farmer. You have a blacksmith, and you have a halfling haberdasher. You're your <laughs> four characters, and you're like, why, why would I, I get four characters? Because half of them, at least half of them, are gonna die if I'm doing my job right. Why are you trying to kill my characters? Like, and and you're like, I could see you like trying to write the ha- the halfling haberdashers like backstory it's like stop don't do that like, he's,
0: he's gonna die don't he's, yeah
1: you know if, if he makes it through this is his backstory like you're in a tavern and you know everybody knows that every three years the the stars line up and this weird cave opens up and all the old timers say it's full of treasure and that's where you know old man Jasper there got that wicked cool sword that he's got hanging over the bar, right? And the old man Jasper's like, yeah, I go, you know, go to the portal when the stars are right, and you'll get swords like this. When I die, my kids are gonna sell that, and they'll all live, you know, like kings. Um, and you know, you take your four characters, and everybody else on the table has four characters, and you march off to um, the portal. And, and if you lose all four characters there's usually parts in the module where hey there's a there's a bunch of baskets in the corner over there and there's some people tied up in the basket here's your new <laughs> character um, but but that's such a but again that's kind of you know if if you're a traditional 5e player it's
0: just weird it's just it's weird. weird
1: it's it's di- it's it's it is. Diff- I totally
0: remember that it's now that you remind me I do remember being reluctant and resistant to it at first, and now it's like, oh, we're going to mom and dad's. Can we? Do we have time for DCC? Do we have time
1: to play DCC. And um, and and I discovered here. Here we'll circle back to Gen Con. I discovered DCC at Gen Con, and I'm walking by the Goodman Games booth, and I'm looking at these books, and they the art is 1970s like original Dungeons and Dragons art and the people the the couple of folks that are buying books are talking about the tournament that's going on. And they're like, I love playing this game. And, and I'm, you know, I'm sad. My team got, got killed in the first, the first go round. um And the other guy's like, yeah, we made it to round three. And, but, but you know, and, and, uh, and one of the guys said, yeah, you know, you look in the other rooms and everyone's like quiet and, um, reserved and they're playing like prim and proper uh and you go by the it's, it's serious like, you know you're role you're your role playing singing and laughing and parties have like a, a a ritual that the like the players get out of their chair and do this dance at the end of a combat if they all live <laughs> <laughs> and and it's like and and I heard this right I'm I'm eavesdropping by now like I'm listening to them tell this story um so I didn't buy anything. I went and I checked it out because, because, right, the Sagamore Ballroom is kind of where where I where I've, I have a parking sp- secret parking sp- secret parking spot secret in,
0: parking spot in,
1: in Indianapolis <laughs> that I'm not going to tell people about. Um, but it's a couple of blocks away and it's relatively it's a lot cheaper than the the close parking spaces. But anyway, right. So I walk by the Sagamore Ballroom in Indianapolis in the ICC that's the Indianapolis Convention Center and that's where they you play. Pathfinder and people are talking and they're playing Pathfinder and it sounds like a normal Pathfinder game, right? So I've seen that so these guys are talking about people singing and dancing and having like a we all survived the combat ritual Thing that they do. Yeah, what's up with that? I've got to see this So I look in the map I find the room and I get there and there's this massive gong on the wall (laughs) right and the judges are all at their table at tables and they're all running these games and it's it's true like people are laughing and um you know jumping up and rolling dice like two-handed like oh, i get i get to roll two dice give me my d20 and i'm a warrior and i'm gonna declare this mighty deed give me my d5 boom and it's weird dice right it's yep. it's it's a it's the zaki uh dice set which is more than just your seven standard polyhedrals Mm -hmm. and and it was amazing And it's like what is this game And what is this sorcery it's like and 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 it's funny you say sorcery because i one of the tables i was watching and of course it's gen con so yes come in watch what's going on Mm -hmm. um he's casting a spell and and he's casting magic missile it's like oh he's casting magic missile okay i know i know this Right, it <laughs> never misses. You cast magic missile; it never misses. He's gonna roll three d6, and he's picking up a d20, and he goes, "I'm burning four points of strength. Somebody's gonna, or yeah, it's like I'm gonna burn six points: strength, agility, and stamina. You guys are gonna have to carry me out of here. But damn it, I'm gonna hit. And I'm sitting there going, "What is going on? And he rolls the d20, and he adds in the the points he's burned off, and then the judge says, "Fine." Hang on, roll on the Mercurial Magic Table. And I was like, what the hell is the Mercurial? And so he rolls on the Mercurial Magic Table. So that, fir- the first roll tells him how successful his spell was. And there are values all the way out to 30. Yeah. Um, and by burning off his, his points, by burning off his attributes, he adds those points to his roll. So he got a really good roll. Um, the Mercurial Magic Table is, you know, how does the spell manifest itself? So his, Mm -hmm. his hair turns blue and his fingers turn blue for the rest of the session. Um, and all of his magic missiles are blue and he, and it's like, Oh, so, you know, does he mark off a spell slot? And they're like, no man, he got a 27. So he can just cast that again next turn. And I was like, that's amazing. What is this this sorcery? (laughs) Wonderful. Like, and and that's all it took like i i saw it played i listened to to the experience um i i i got acquainted with like two mechanics three mechanics um and it's like that's right, it let's I'm go in... let's go get this book <laughs>
0: no it's, then, i'm so glad you did too because it has been so worth it it's it, it you get all of that that laughter and experience because it's not as you don't not to say you don't have to be as invested but it's not like you i i wanted to write the the backstory and to to have this grand narrative and to have it be so serious and in dcc you just don't don't worry about it because you're just an adventurer and it's it's the goals aren't even the combat or the intrigue like fun is so clearly the goal even in the mechanics and it's it's brilliant
1: and and i would have never i would have never in a million years picked that book up off the shelf right right i've seen it in a local game store and i was like oh cool like i I already play a fantasy role play game i don't need another one
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: and i do i do need another one i i needed that one um you didn't know
0: you needed it until you did
1: i didn't know that I could enjoy that type of experience uh, until I sat through it. And something like a Gen Con or an Origins or a Gary Con or a Board Game Geek Con, I think Gary Con, gary there are, again, these are all canceled, right? Right. Uh, COVID. Um, but it's, um, if you can get to a convention, e- even, I mean, because you can play, right? You can pay, you can buy generic tickets. They're $2 a session. That usually gets you four hours at a table. Um, when we went to Gen Con, when Starfinder first came out, uh, they were offering free 40-minute sessions. So you could sit down, here's a pre-gen character, this is what this game is about, and we're going to play one specific... Like, we're going to play a laser gun battle, or we're going to play a spaceship exploration moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you play kind of 40 minutes, and then you're done. So, So that is... I would highly recommend that if you enjoy Dungeons and Dragons, like play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not telling you not to play Dungeons and Dragons, but try uh,
0: something else too. But
1: try even even if it's just to watch. Right?
0: Sure, pull up a Twitch sure.
1: stream. Um, I'm
0: there. You know, are, pull- are a surprisingly few number of of D and D. I mean, I, I don't know, like eight to ten like D and D streams on Twitch. Okay, so uh, it's like it's I don't know, man. We uh, we could do DCC or Seven C and be the only people doing it.
1: So John Wick actually did the starter. So there, there's the starter kit um, YouTube channel where they they show different games and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and John Wick did like a four session Seven uh, C game where he the the man himself uh GM'd it. Cool. Uh, so there's that. You can you can go watch Seventh C uh and see see how it's run. On
0: YouTube, uh, that's different than being able to watch live and react and chime in and
1: Yes, that's true. That's very true. Um
0: And for for folks we talked about this, you know, on episode one, like where to play, but especially now that it is uh not all that possible to play in person uh roll 20 has groups that you can find and join in all sorts of different games and all of these games that we've talked about have reddit subreddits where you can go and try to find games so it's it's definitely out there if you're looking for it
1: yes absolutely and cons are wonderful
0: also yes
1: so so and and I I'm an introvert I'm relatively shy. I know that's probably hard to believe, listening to me, but it's true. Um, I I don't like to pester people. Like I feel like I'm imposing on folks if I if I'm too chatty mm. uh, in stores and and in conventions. I'm I'm trying to get over that. Um, and it took me a long time uh, to try a convention. Like I was in my 40s before I started going to cons.
0: I'm glad that uh, you've dragged me along so that I can start to get over my anxiety as well. I <laughs> I
1: dragged you along to be my like if I go with somebody I know then Yeah, it makes I it so
0: much better. feel
1: so out of place and and like weird weird and and but you learn. Like I learned um just trying turning into a how to how to ease into conventions discussion, but no, that's fine. You know, I I I love so we're not going to be able to do it this year, obviously. Uh, but there's a set of tables set up by Privateer Press um, and Reaper. I think Reapers took it over, um, but it's paint and take. So they have a bunch of you. you it's free. You walk up to the table. They give you a selection of miniatures. Um,
0: yeah, you've done this a couple times.
1: And and you get a paintbrush for free, uh, and there's a bunch of water and paints, and you just sit down and you start painting. And I I like that. I enjoy doing that. And there are there are people like who are very talented at painting miniatures. Kind of, it's the the tables are kind of set up in a big horseshoe, and the, the people working the table, like they are miniature painters, professionals or Mm. semi-professionals and they'll help you like, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to get this guy's eyes right. And it's just like, what's the, what's the magic for painting miniatures eyes. Right. I asked and it turns out that you paint one eye. If you paint the left eye while they're standing on their feet, You flip the miniature on its head, and you paint the right eye. Okay. I learned that none of my miniatures look cross-eyed anymore. Huh. That is a good tip. So, because I was, yo, okay, I'm going to get this guy, and then uh, if I put that, I'm going to put this dot here, and damn it, he's cross-eyed. It's like, how do I? Oh, here. Totally, this is how you do it flip them upside down and paint that other eye. And I was like, Oh my God. But I'm sitting there. Right. And I'm sitting in between these two young ladies and um, they know each other. They've been, they they, they just came from a game where they were playing together. And when they got seated, there was somebody in my seat um, and that person got done and they moved. So there's like talking back and forth and they're like, we're really sorry. And it's like, Hey, I, I don't mind at all. Like, and and, uh, and uh, then they started talking about the game. They they had just come from a werewolf game and I was like, Oh, who is the werewolf? you know, and so I normally I would feel uncomfortable like injecting myself into their slash relationship, but I got sure. it's like, no, this is okay, like this is Gen Con, this is what this is for, like you know, wow, that sounds really cool. I you know, I my family loves uh, the one night werewolf game. Uh, with the card they don't play the no, werewolf okay. game with the moderator. Um we played the snot out of that for a long time.
0: And yeah, um, I know you and you and my siblings like it, but
1: yes. Um but then but then they're like, "Oh yeah, we got to go to the Slugfest." It's like, "Oh yeah, I I've been there. I have the the drink card promo and that's another game, Slugfest games, Red Dragon Inn." Um and they're like, oh, what is it? And it's like, oh, it's in my bag. It's, um, I forget what it was. I think it was something, it was like troll swill or, or dishwater or <laughs> and anyone who drank it lost health except for an orc who gained, um, alcohol. Uh, but it was not, nice. it was like nice just to chat and relax and then, and then do stuff. So I've, I've come kind of come out of my shell a little bit as far as that goes, um, but even in the years that I went that I was still kind of in my like I don't want to bother people I would just want to learn about games and stuff right uh, you learn about a lot a, tr- a tremendous amount of stuff like role play games board games that kind of stuff
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, so
0: so speaking of games that we've learned about because we've rambled on for a little while here um, yeah we uh you know I think most people will have played five e um yes. if you were going to recommend some other games cuz we've talked about several right uh, yeah. if we were going to recommend those what would you what what would we cuz i want to answer too what what would we say are the reasons why you would pick a particular game over something else so i'll start and say alien was a ton of fun and that gives you sci-fi like very desperate low chance of survival sci-fi vibes set in the you know, the somewhat familiar alien universe. So it's not totally homebrewed well, it's not homebrewed. Um I mean somebody homebrewed it, but uh it's it is an established universe that if you've got a group of friends who who know Alien all have, you know, a basic understanding like this is bad we're <coughs> oof, sorry. Uh this is bad, we're in trouble. Um Alien was a lot of fun, and the uh, the sort of pushing your luck with with the stress mechanic um, gives you moments where you can feel heroic at the risk of losing your mind, and it's it's that's
1: a lot of fun. Um, I think so. I definitely would second the IP the the intellectual property argument. So if you are if you're looking for an experience, okay, I think first things first things first. Think about an intellectual property, and look for a game that matches that intellectual property. So, if you like Fritz Lieber, D.C.C. Lankmar. If you like Ridley Scott, right, Aliens. If you like. Um,
0: Oh, I meant like a little bit more specific.
1: Like what? Like oh, why oh. would you?
0: Why would you recommend Alien?
1: Why would I recommend Alien? Yeah. Uh, if you are looking again, tense, push your luck, uh, low chance of survival, horror. Like if you want a horror element to your oh, game. Yep. Um, and if you like, if you like the franchise, that that's a, mm-hmm. that's a yes, absolutely.
0: So what, why why would you recommend DCC?
1: So or, for, looking, or,
0: or for who would you recommend DCC?
1: So, so I'd recommend DCC for anybody who is looking for kind of an old school revival style game. Like if you want to know what it felt like to play Dungeons & Dragons in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, if you want to have a game that you don't need to take 100% serious. If you'd like to play a game where... Canon doesn't mean anything. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's DCC. That's classic dungeon crawl.
0: I would like, second uh, that and add that if you are familiar and comfortable with 5e, DCC isn't that far of a stretch, and you still get the same thematic vibes that you would, um, which is part of why I have clung to it, because it doesn't feel so foreign. But like mechanically, it feels very classic and old school, and I I like that.
1: But not but not to the point where. So so again, you I don't think, I ever had you play Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Um,
0: no, so, I read some of the books, but
1: yes, and 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 I sent a Snapchat to some of my some of my Monday night crew because they're like, oh, we should play AD&D. And it's like no. If you want to do that, we're going to play DCC. And they're like, well, why? And it's like, to hit tables. And they go, what the heck's a to hit table? And I said, oh, let me send you this picture from the Dungeon Master's Guide. If you are an illusionist magic user, um, you have a to hit table. Here's the AC down the side, uh, and here's here's your level of wizardry or illusionist. And then to hit a minus three armor class for a level three character, you have to roll a 19 or better. And cool. it's all in one big table. And it's like, oh, well, what if you're a thief? It's like, oh, there's a thief's table. Well, what if you're a fighter? There's a fighter's <laughs> table. Yep. You know, there's, there's, ta- you know, like, you gotta look up
0: everything.
1: Um, if you want that vibe, DCC. Um, and, and because then, you know, they have ascending armor class, you roll, you have to get, you have to get equal or better excuse me, equal or better to hit, right? It's sure. it's much it's a it's a much better streamlined experience.
0: Seven um, C. so I, I, I would recommend Seven C for people for DMs who want to tell a more narrative experience without worrying about your players like going too far off the rails or or going murder hobo because um, you can't really do that in Seven C. Uh, And if you've got a story that you want to be told and you want your players to get through it, having players die in 7C, like being wounded and hurt and incapacitated in combat is still a threat, Um, but the threat of being killed doesn't exist until you're in the presence of one of the villains and it gives you that sort of, if you've got the narrative written and you want players to see all of it, that's for who I would recommend 7C to.
1: Or, so yes, I agree with that. Also, if you have a group where there are lots of people who are comfortable DMing, or you have a group where people enjoy embellishing the story.
0: Mm, Yep, adding their own flavor.
1: They want to add their own flavor to this. They want to add their own piece. Um, And I think with 7C... If you don't want a heavy crunch game,
0: yep, definitely. definitely. You know, if, if you don't, there's one rule to make. Like,
1: yep, and and that's and that's exactly. I mean, if if you watch the YouTube video with John Wick, he said that he's like, I wanted I wanted players to be able to chuck one handful of dice, and grab the chandelier, swing across the room, punch the bad guy in the nose, grab the the the. Damsel, he doesn't say this, but I add it. Right? Yeah, I was going to the say, they're looking at like a five raise roll here. Grab the damsel in distress and get her to safety. Um, maybe but it is six. that's that's one roll and that's six to eight raises, right? Mm. And maybe a hero point.
0: Uh, no, but, that's it's great
1: though. But yeah, and and that's and that's and that's the beauty of it. It's it's um, it's fast, yep. like the fights. We, we did one role and it's like it, that, I mean, that was, that was awesome. Um, you had your short, your Dirk out, uh, Eldridge, the Viking, uh, pirate woman, uh, just brought out, you know, her, her, she, she brought the boys to the gun show, right? She had her fists out mm-hmm. and it was, you know, these eight brutes come in and you will never leave this room alive. And, you know the the swordsman does his indigo montoya you know slash poke cut and three of them fall over and then eldridge wanders in you know full fists a flailing and four more bad guys are in a pile at her feet because you guys are the heroes and yeah. they're the nameless chumps and that was it that was done can can you imagine i mean we would probably still be I shouldn't say we would still be in that combat round, but it's like, okay, roll for initiative. Okay, what's your attack? Hey, you hit him. Okay. It, it
0: definitely would have taken longer to get through Chumps than it would have.
1: Right, um, and it was, and and, it but it, it's slowed... it's thematic and it
0: makes sense to do that, right?
1: Because we were in the crescendo, we were at the end, and the villain had just done something really horrible, and you wanted to. I wanted you guys. Rushing after him quickly, you know. It's like, yep, the chumps are in the way. Bang, bang, bop, boom, bing. The chumps are gone. Run, <laughs> yeah. Right? It's and not this. It's, it's okay,
0: driving. It's good.
1: We're we're gonna we're gonna spend forty minutes, kind of, you know, to hit to damage. You know, wash, rinse, repeat. Sure. You know, chump, uh, damage, hit, damage, repeat. And and it, it it's not bad. No, not it, at all. But it's just a different style. So I think I think I would... that we, We're back to who is 7C for? seventh c is for folks who get really bored in combat because you're not supposed to be bored in combat in a role-play game.
0: Right, right.
1: You're not supposed to be bored. But if, if there's nine people in the initiative tracker and you just went, you know you have time to... Go get a drink. Use the restroom.
0: Well, no, because you should pay attention to what's happening in case you want to use a reaction, or, or somebody tries to cast something on you, or like you should be present at the table. You
1: should be present at the table, but but
0: you have to wait.
1: You have to wait, and you might not be. That's right. That's the problem. Yes, you might not Um, be. That's a good. So so if that if that if that type of combat mechanical system drags on for you, right? 7th C is is your Huckleberry. Um, I got Uh, five raises. There are three bad guys. The three bad guys are down. I've got two more raises. I'm going to use them to to generate this opportunity.
0: uh, What about... What else have we talked about on the show? What about Vampire? Who's Uh, who's Vampire for?
1: Oh, I just... So, I just watched the Vampire the Masquerade Rivals card game reveal uh, for this evening's Gen Con, one of this evening's Gen Con videos. Um, and the guy, one of the folks at Renegade Games said it perfectly. Uh, when you play Vampire the Masquerade, the role-playing game, you feel like a grown-up. Ooh, it is a grown-up a role-playing to... game. Yep. And, and, and and the other people on the panel were like, yeah, you know, when I play, when I play DCC, I feel 12 years old. And I love it, because it reminds me of all that fun I had as a kid. Ah, uh, when I play Dungeons and Dragons, there's part of me that kind of feels—I don't want to say immature—but um, it's not adolescent. It's not adolescent. That's perfect. Vampire is an adult, and I'm not talking, you know, bow chicka wow wow adult pornography. No, but it's, but it's gritty it is and it's gritty. It is dark. Thoughtful. It is thoughtful. I love that word, thoughtful. Um, but it is very mature. Yeah and the themes are mature you know i'm i am putting myself in the mindset of a 200 year old creature who has investments and debts to pay to other supernatural beings and he's got he's got to worry about his own safety and he's got to feed and he's got to feed soon because my if i keep rolling hunger die i'm going to frenzy and that's just never good.
0: Not what I want. Yeah. Uh,
1: and and you know, we t- we talk a little like Alien had that push your luck vampire five e, uh, with the hunger dice, is mm. same kind of thing. Like I don't want to feed um, because you you know I I fed last night and
0: I don't want to kill another person.
1: I don't want to kill another person or maybe it's okay. Right. Right. You've come to terms with killing to live. Um, but the cops found your, your last feed. Um, and if I feed again tonight and now what's going to be in the news, right? New serial killer terrorizing the Boston's North end. It's like, I I can't, I can't do that. But if I go, if I go all night and I wake up tomorrow, I'm going to have more hunger dice than I need to roll. So I need to make a, you know, I, I've got to figure out how to balance right it's a balance
0: it's it's more like classic vampire because i'd see sometimes people wanting to play vampires or werewolves in 5e but there are role play game systems vampire and
1: werewolf respectively
0: that are designed entirely around that sort of character um and they do it really well
1: so having played a dom fear in pathfinder um
0: and in my 5e game.
1: And in your five E game, uh, I think that if you were to play one of those creatures as a player character in five E, you would be
0: We were sorry, we were playing three point five at the time so we that we were, were playing one
1: Right. So so if, if you but if you put a character if you put a player character supernatural in to a Dungeons and Dragons setting, um you're just it, it's it's you're, still... you're
0: just another monster.
1: You're just well. You're you're just you're you're either just another monster or you're just another character with a quirky backstory.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, if you play Vampire Fifth Edition, being a vampire is part of the the story, right? It's so. Right. He, here's here's a good way to picture this. Um, Puente. Do you remember Puente in the R.A. Salvatore books?
0: Uh, yeah, I remember him more from Neverwinter, actually. The,
1: the Battle Rager? Right, he, his character made it into the Neverwinter video game, but he was the king's Battle Rager, and in Gantelgrim, he got turned into a vampire. He's still Puent, he's still a Battle Rager, he's still Plucky. I mean, if you see him in Neverwinter, right, he's... he's Well,
0: he's you know, pretty distraught, but...
1: He, he's sad, because he's doesn't like being a vampire, Um, but he's like a battle ranger who happens to be a vampire. Right. And if you play fifth edition werewolf character, right? I'm a werewolf ranger. Well, I'm a ranger who happens to be a werewolf. Um, where if you play, so that that's kind of like point in that story right. where a vampire fifth edition story that's- is like,
0: Wait, are you talking about Vampire the Masquerade? I'm sorry. V- yes, Vampire okay. the
1: Masquerade, fifth edition. So, so yes, they're both five E's, unfortunately. Yeah,
0: um, I just, yeah, so I just talking, wanted to clarify.
1: Yeah, no, I'm talking about Vampire the Masquerade, um, current edition. I'll say current edition. All right. Um, huh. Is Vampire Diaries, um, Interview with a Vampire, right? It, it is a story about a ecosystem of vampires not just hey i'm this thing i'm i'm a ranger who happens to be a vampire it's you know yeah no it's ce-
0: it's central to the gameplay and it's the plot and, itself and,
1: yeah. and 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 it, and that makes all the difference all the difference so yeah if, if you're looking for if you're looking for that kind of it's horror vibe um the other thing with vampire um it's not for everybody because it's also about personal tragedy and personal horror. Like you, the player character, are wrestling with, like you, and, and humanity. Players, yeah, you're wrestling with this, you know, I, I have humanity. Um, you, you can't go entirely Ripper uh, because then you just become an NPC uh and and even even if your storyteller lets you be a ripper um you know the the cops are going to get you or the other vampires are going to go you know it's it's you're making uh, too
0: much noise we got to put you down
1: too much noise like there are seven dead bodies in my garage and what do you have in the trunk body number 8 Adrian. Mm. <laughs> i've got three how do you have three bodies you've just gone 20 minutes it's like well it happened it's like okay no come with me where are you putting me i'm putting you outside sunrise is in 10 minutes yeah it was nice knowing you click
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that gritty
1: it's that gritty mature uh feel so yeah um but you have to be as a player and as a group you have to be willing to explore those right
0: themes if, yeah if definitely
1: those themes and that kind of stuff and and um, yeah so so it it is it's definitely something you need to talk about in session 0 vampire mm-hmm. session 0 is very important you've got to lay out a whole different set of rules um, and and boundaries than if you're just playing 5e
0: yep uh so i'll do i'll do one i'll do one more and then i'll let you do one more okay um i say i because you haven't played this one so uh, i will i will recommend 10 candles to people who are looking for a a really approachable but thematic horror game that has a a low investment for the players because you do character creation as a group as part of the game like doing character creation as part of lighting the candles and writing the notes and passing them around um and it's also uh really easy for the the gm of that to run because it it's the one roll idea um from 7c like there's a, a pool of d6s that everybody shares and rolls centrally um that you lose throughout the night and those move to the the dm's pool of dice and it's just they roll you roll you compare uh sixes and ones and whoever has the highest wins so to speak whatever you you succeed and fail based on that um so that mechanically is very easy for a new dm to do um it's harder to do horror in 5e because there's all sorts of magic to stop that like oh it's a dark room well i'm going to cast a light spell or i'm going to light a torch Oh, okay, yeah, you you hear something whispering in the corner of the room. Well, I'm going to use Detect Magic or Fairy Fire or like you can diffuse all of the horror elements with player mechanics, which is satisfying, um, but it takes it away. In Ten Candles, your players are relatively average people and the traits that make them up are personality traits. So you you don't have hit points, you don't have strength, you don't have an attack value um it's just narrative oh you want to swing at the zombie with a crowbar okay roll your roll your dice i'll roll mine or you know you, you don't have a flashlight it's a basement well i I try to flick the lighter that i found in that guy's body ah, it doesn't light now you're going into a dark basement and it's tense and it's terrifying um and the the last fun point about ten candles is that by the end of it all the players are supposed to die so you don't super have to worry about who your character was before whatever tragedy started happening the character development that you see in them is man I got thrown into the tragedy and then tragedy after tragedy will continue to happen until finally they either break themselves down or are defeated by the forces of darkness in a last-ditch effort to do one final thing heroic and that is it's it's cheap. I think it's like ten bucks on Drive Through RPG. Um, the the whole guide is like maybe eighty pages, and they've got a, a couple scenarios for adventures in you, uh, for you in there. Um, and it's just a, I'm not a big horror guy, um, but Ten Candles is one that definitely has the the thematic theme to it. So uh, and the I name, mean... oh, the the name is part of the mechanics of it because you play it's best in person. Cause you have to sit around a table, you light 10 tea light candles and then you play until they all burn out. Um, and it's, it's very good. Very good.
1: So they are actually going to play five candles on one of the Gen Con Twitch stages tonight. As oh, fact, they are. Doing, they're probably doing it right now. Oh, um, yeah, they're like we can't play ten candles because we don't have enough time, but we're gonna play five candles. And I was like, oh, I gotta no, watch. This.
0: I was gonna say you should tune into that.
1: I will. Uh, I'll bring up Twitch when we're done and see. Okay. If it's still yeah, if you find
0: it, uh, put it in the Discord. Okay.
1: Um, so I have my last one. I will go. So you went dark and sad. Um, I will start dark and sad and end happy and crazy. Uh, and I will pitch paranoia
0: for Mongoose <laughs> okay. Publishing. Yep, we've so talked about that a little bit.
1: We've talked about paranoia as well. Paranoia is um, you're an alpha, you are a citizen, a happy citizen of Alpha Complex. And I know you're a happy citizen of Alpha Complex because the computer says that you're happy. And you wouldn't want to piss off the computer, or else you would be marked as a traitor. And other troubleshooter shooting clones will be dispatched to dispatch you or make you happy. With injections or a clear bubbly drink, um, and it is so. It's your. It's your. It was written in the seventies when everyone was was you know, um, Logan's Run, The Running Man. It's it's kind of their their world has devolved, kind of like the um, what's the girl with the bow, um,
0: the girl with the bow. Oh, uh, uh, Hunger Games. That we're talking Games, about.
1: Right? It's, it's got that. So oh, you're ca- a world Katniss. I'm informed. Katniss from the Hunger Games. I was thinking of the book, trying to think of the book. But so the world's gone to crap, and humanity is living in this closed ecosystem. Uh, people are being cloned uh, to keep the the human race going, and everything's run by the computer. And of course, the computer is faulty and falling apart and broken. Um, Character creation is done as a group uh, and it's done in kind of an adversarial take that modality. So if I take three points, positive three points in firearms and John, you're sitting to my left, you get a minus three in firearms and then you get to, to burn to spend some of your character points. And if Callie's sitting on your left. She gets it. So you're like, Oh, I can't shoot guns. Fine. I'll be really good with computers. I'll take three points in computers. Now Callie's lousy with computers and she needs to, to pick a thing. So, um, when we create our clones, you, you're basically building a six pack, uh, same thing. You're not expected. You won't get full experience points if you finish with all six of your clones intact. Mm Um, and, As troubleshooters, you'll be given some kind of job. Uh, The the adventure that I played was uh, one of the red dessert topping emitters in the cafeteria was jammed open and was flooding uh, the level. And your team of troubleshooters had to get to the drain for this level, the liquid drains for this level, Open the drains and get rid of the red dessert topping. And as you're going there, right, there are robots that are malfunctioning that that think you are um, trying to hurt yourself. It's like, oh, you're covered in in blood. It's like, no, it's red dessert topping. I just was in the cafeteria. No, no, that's blood. I've got to help you. You know, stand still. And you now you're in combat with this robot. And And each of the party members has a role, right? There's a happiness officer who needs to make sure everyone is happy. (laughs) There's a loyalty officer who needs to make sure everyone is loyal to the computer. There's a combat officer. There's a logistics officer. Um, You get experience points by turning over. Like if you're the happiness officer and the logistics officer says, I open up my duffel bag to open this drain. And instead of plumber's tools, I see... um, cooking utensils I darn it I grabbed the wrong bag oh he's not happy dear computer that person's not happy hey you reported an unhappy citizen here's three experience points (laughs) and so you've got this you know you're a team of troubleshooters trying to do a job but you want to get experience points by showing the computer you're a better citizen than the people around you right which makes everyone paranoid which is why the game is called (laughs) Paranoid
0: Nice, yeah, that's definitely a sort of a,
1: it's, it's sort a like a it's, Munchkin it's, it's,
0: vibe, like kick in the door, yeah. stab your friend,
1: stab your friends. Um, you know, the I think the first encounter there are there are one less br- mops uh, for the party. So if you're playing with a party of four and they go to the closet, the module says um there is you know number of party members minus one mops and so somebody goes back without a mop and the and the compute the the computer terminal says you know citizen citizen jane you don't have a mop it's like there wasn't a mop it's like no there there was one mop per person the computer said so and if you argue right you're a traitor and people can turn you in um (laughs) or you could say well i picked up i picked up a mop and i set it down larry has my mop and then larry's like no oh, ah. this is my mop and 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 you but it's you know, it's fun and it's zany um uh, nice we uh i one one of the party there was a there was one place where they opened a door and of course the red dessert topping has been spilling for like 2 years like they look at the trouble ticket and it's it's like they put this ticket in two years ago. It's like, yeah, no one's been able to get down to the drain. You better hurry up. It's like, Oh, two year old ticket. You want me to hurry up. Okay. We'll hurry up. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's one place where you open the doors and this massive wave of straw. It's like strawberry dessert topping. um, Creates kind of a surfing moment. And, and people are like climbing onto the tables that are floating out of the cafeteria and, Uh, This one party member was like, I'm going to grab him and, you know, wrestle him onto the table. Um, And of course, as soon as he grabs the third
0: person
1: and wrestles them onto the table, the computer pops up and says, "Uh, Citizen Leslie, you're violating sexual harassment policy 703. I need you to stop what you're doing. You know, don't touch other clones that way. And report to this room for sexual harassment, refresher training.
0: Yep. And you mentioned that. It's
1: like, no, <laughs> well, like, lol, what? we need to get to this place. And it's like, citizen Leslie needs to go to this, this room right now. And citizen Leslie is like, well, I can't tell the computer. No. Cause if I do, they're just going to shoot me.
0: Right, yep.
1: And nice. I've got the bag of tools that I've got the real bag of tools. They need to solve the problem, but I'm not letting go of it. <laughs> So mm-hmm. it's coming with me. <laughs> Excellent. And it's so, just yeah, so so if you're looking for it it's dark humor, right? But it's lighthearted. You've got six clones, you they're supposed to die in horrible hilarious ways um, and and you you don't trust anyone that you're <laughs> playing with. Uh and it's it's just it's a lot of fun.
0: Nice. So um yeah, if you're looking for for any anything, the, if you were gonna get something out of this episode, I would think that it was try something different. And we did the systems episode, and we'll do deep dives of of everything that we've mentioned today at one point or another. Yeah. Um, but if you're looking for something different, here's a the the short list that we talked about is Alien, uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics, that's DCC, Seventh C, Vampire the Masquerade Fifth Edition. Ah uh, ten candles and paranoia uh, so so give them a try
1: and then the other big takeaway from this from this is uh check out the con scene
0: yeah, yeah virtually and, and, this year but yeah yeah
1: virtually so so and especially if if you're like me and and you really have a hard time connecting socially uh, in large groups, uh, this is the year to check it out. It's free um, normally it's eighty bucks for a four day badge. Uh, plus travel plus hotel plus food plus right and yeah and it's, it's free uh and you can go to the events page and just just go just scroll through and see what people are doing right there's i th- i think i think the last thing there's like four thousand events
0: yeah there's a lot uh and what they are streaming is available at twitch.tv dot t v slash gen con t v that's g e n c o n t v yeah um so that's gonna do it for uh, episode seventeen. This casual conversation turned into, I think, our second longest
1: episode. So, which is um, yes. Yeah, I I thought you were. I think we were trying to shoot for a short one, right?
0: Yeah, we usually do, but we get talking, and there we go. Every
1: every time we say that, it's like let's do a short one, and it we've it does, got. It. We'll
0: set a timer in the future so that we can have uh, a little bit more digestible episodes. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's going to do it for this one. Uh, thanks right. a whole lot if you uh, tuned in. Uh, feel free to comment wherever you uh, are listening to or getting this. Uh, if you want to ask a question, interact with us any more, uh, easiest way is through Twitter, uh, at to 5 or at redhoodygames. Um in the future when we when you have uh, the pirate and the painter all finished up uh tune in to future episodes to find out when and where that will be available uh and if you'd like to do any more to support the show head on over to patreon.com slash skoda s-k-o-d-a uh thanks a whole lot and we will see you next time good day